It's God's grace that saves a sinner, and it's grace that helps him grow. Often in Scripture, we find the topic of money and possessions. Jesus said that where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. God desires for us, His children, to be wise stewards of all that He has entrusted in our care. Let's listen in as we learn biblical sound financial principles from God's Word. Here is Pastor Wilkerson. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Grace to Grow podcast. I'm so honored that you'd even listen to this, and if it's a help to you, I'm thanking God for that. If it's a bother, then go listen to some other podcast. <laughs> but I am grateful to be able to talk to you today a little bit on Grace to Grow about financial management. We have been looking at several principles that I think can help at least kind of keep us on the track because they all originate in the Scriptures. God is the source. Giving it's not an option. It's a must. You've got to learn to tithe and honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase. And then learn to be a generous giver. God will grow your tithe, but you and I can grow in our percentage of giving. The longer I live, I want to be even more aggressive in sharing what God's given me. And God can give through us what he'll not give to us. And if we get a heart for God's big world and giving, he'll get a heart for our little world. And I've seen that happen over and over, not just in my own life, but also in others. Principle number three is go to work. Work is not a curse. It is a blessing. And uh, people who work hard give so much to those around them. People who are lazy sap the strength out of an institution that they're a part of, whether it be a home, a school, a church, an, a military a group, whatever, lazy people really do hinder the work of God. I don't want to be one of those folks. And we see that work is commended throughout the scriptures. And uh, even if you don't get paid, work, work hard. And then we talked a little bit about gaining a contented spirit. It's really important that we learn that particular principle. And we saw in Philippians 4, 11, and 1 Timothy 6, 6, 7, and 8, and Hebrews 13, 5, just a few verses that remind us that God wants us to have a contented spirit. Someone said, covetousness is an itch for more and more and more. And uh, I have it, you have it, it has to be monitored. And by the way, one of the ways to, to deal with materialism in your, the itch for more in your life and materialism is to give. You start giving things away, that materialism will go away real quickly. It, it just does that. And that's why God put the mechanism of giving primarily to balance my desire to have, to be, he put in there prayer because uh, I want to be powerful, but prayer is spawned because of helplessness and faith. And then, of course, the desire to do is needs the antidote of fasting, uh, restraining myself, afflicting my soul in that way. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about guarding against debt. Now, not all debt is sin, in my opinion, but I think debt uh, is very challenging. You know, God doesn't necessarily, uh, I don't think he condemns debt, but I think he gives enough warnings to say, hey, you better be careful about that. And that comes in Proverbs chapter 22, where the Bible tells us in verse number seven, that the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is the servant to the lender. Can we say that again? 
The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. Debt is very challenging. Really, we owe everything to God. But one thing debt does is it creates additional masters. In the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse 8, the Bible says, And owe no man anything but to love one another. And of course, that's in the context of government. That's where the Bible talks about uh, submitting to the higher powers. There are no powers that be except they are ordained of God, and he bears not the sword in vain. In the same context, he says, look, don't owe people money, but owe love one to another. And so I would say debt does four things. And as a general, and usually debt is avoidable. We oftentimes have said, well, I had to just put on credit card. Did you? <laughs> Did you have to do that? It's in Visa do we trust. It's in MasterCard. It's in Discover do we trust. It's in, in a, a loan do we trust. And, and boy, I think we really need to ask the Lord, God, um, would you help me? Is it time for me to wait? Sometimes we're not supposed to buy something. We don't have money to buy something because it's not time to buy it. That's the truth. I don't know that, once again, I don't think all debt is sinful, but I do think it comes with some major liabilities. Here are three or four byproducts of debt. When someone is in debt, number one, it discourages us. It's discouraging. When you work hard, you see what you get in your gross wages, your net wages, and then as soon as you get your paycheck, you get your bill from Visa, and it says, you owe minimum payment this, your balance is still this, and your interest is this. You're thinking, good night. Oh, I've had that for several years. And it discourages us when we have to take our hard-earned money and, and give it to pay off our debt. I was speaking to a man in the day who wants to go into the ministry, and, and uh, he said, you know, I, I can't yet. I, I've got to get out of this debt. And, you know, I'm not here to blame anyone. This is something between you and the Lord. But I'll just tell you, a negative byproduct of being in debt is discouragement. And I have had that discouragement. I don't have any personal debt to my knowledge at the present time, but sometimes I've pastored churches that have some debt. And it's just a little discouraging whenever you see that much money going to the bank, going to a credit source. You don't want that because it discourages you. Number two, it brings additional stress. It distresses us. It discourages us and distresses us. You know, I, I find that sometimes money's in the middle of marriage problems. And sometimes debt that's been created creates distress. It's hard enough for two people to get along against Satan's fight, society's fight, selfishness fight. And then you add debt in there and it can get stressful. It can get stressful in the ministry when you're battling debt. And certainly we want the Lord to help us. Because I don't want to be a discouraged Christian. I don't want to be a distressed Christian. Sometimes debt divides us. It separates good people. Someone said, if you want to get rid of an enemy, loan them money. <laughs> They'll leave you. Give them money and then you never see them again. Well, it, you know, unfortunately, debt sometimes does divide good people. I think it's going to be sad when we stand before God one day and find out how many people had disagreements over debt and uh, finances. And it's just so sad what we give up sometime in relationships because of the almighty dollar. Years ago, I had a friend and he had invested $10,000 to a friend of his and 
And obviously the return did not come. And so the friend, uh, he said, okay, I want my $10,000 back. And man, I could not get away from him. Every time I talked to him, he was wanting to talk about $10,000. Hi, this guy owes me the money. And he over and over. And I finally told him, I said, look, you've got a great earning capacity. Why don't you close your mouth, stop thinking about that, and go out and make $10,000 and be done with it <laughs> and make up the money. If you'll spend the energy on making $10,000 at the expense of just criticizing your friend who lost your investment, forget about it. Move on. He doesn't have it. If he does, if you have it, he's not giving to you. I don't know what's going to do there, but you can't, you, I don't know what to do. Well, you can take him to court and waste your time on that, or you can go out there and make $10,000. You can make it so fast uh, in comparison to all the energy you spend talking to me and everybody else about this guy who took your investment. And, you know, truth of the matter is, he allowed this, this situation to divide him of a good friend. And so they don't even talk to this day because of that. And it grieves me. And then last thing, debt disqualifies us. It keeps us from doing oftentimes what God wants us to do. You're provoked to give to someone. You're provoked to go on a mission or do this. Ah, how much have I done? Ah, yeah, I can't do that. I got to pay my debt. Sometimes if we didn't have the debt, we would have the ability to do things that God wants us to do, participate in ways that God wants us to. It disqualifies us. Someone said, getting in debt is like wetting your bed. It feels good for a second, but don't do it. <laughs> and it causes a lot of problems. And I want to encourage you, work to get out of debt. And what you cannot do casually in years, you can do in months if you'll get serious about your debt. Pray about it. Cut your expenses. Stop eating out for a little while. Cut out anything that you feel like is going to be hurtful and work together to say, let's get this debt kicked in the head and let's get done with it so that we can serve one master. You know, debt creates additional masters. That master card is not really, uh, you're not the master, they become the master. And uh, you want only one master and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's really wonderful when you are beholding only to him and uh he is your he is your attention. He is your master of you and your money. Thank you for joining us on Grace to Grow. I'm honored to be with you on this podcast. Thank you for listening. I pray that God will give you a wonderful day in Jesus. Our desire is that these biblical financial principles will help you in your journey of stewardship. God has promised to supply all our needs if we seek his kingdom first. We hope that this series will be a blessing as you strive to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.